0: the
1: third window from the right two flights up by the third window
0: from the right the hello and welcome to episode right. 17 of the third window films podcast my name is ben and with me is adam from third window films yeah yeah and this yo, yo, yo. show, yo, yo, yo. yo, yo. This, this podcast is a celebration of all things third window films from the perspective of the excitable, hyperactive fan, being me, and the one man, <laughs> one man distribution machine that is Adam Terrell.
1: Guitar! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. How you doing, sir? How's things in what? Japan? one very, very tired man uh, as usual, but I think a little more tired than than I am. So pardon man. my lack of energy.
0: No, mate. Um, yeah, we're having like a second uh, winter here in in the UK. So we just had a blizzard, so there's snow everywhere. Um, my daughter's sick again, so I've got this kind of lurgy from her. So I've got this kind of husky voice, which actually is, probably sounds better on the podcast than uh, my yeah, normal... atmospheric. Yeah, exactly um but yeah yeah things are good you've been so busy right i've barely even spoken to you it's been about six weeks since we did the last podcast now
1: yeah i'm I barely even speak to my kid and we, we i work out of home <laughs> <So it's, laughs> just waking up from from five minutes from after waking up till five minutes uh till i'm asleep uh non-stop 24 work 16 hours a day so i'm a bit uh yeah tough
0: that's bonkers i mean uh, for us as fans, it's a good news because
1: it means we're getting lots of uh, exciting
0: <laughs> stuff coming. But is there anything you want to talk about that you're working on? it all under wraps.
1: I mean, mostly, and and I guess we'll talk about this with the suno. Is, is the Ishikatsu hito um, box set? I recorded an audio commentary for Sharkskin Man and P-Chip Girl last week, as well as an interview with him, and uh, and uh, trying to acquire some more films for the set as well. So that's all going along quite smoothly. Um, that's one of, uh, just many products, pro- projects, but, um, yeah, I think the one people are anticipating the most. Awesome. Well,
0: I had something very exciting happen to me recently that I really want to talk about. Um, and I think anyone that follows me on Twitter has already seen it. Cause I was banging on about it, but, uh, yeah, I got to, um, head into London and, and go for a lunch with, uh, IG Uchida and, uh, his crew, which was just amazing.
1: Yeah, they they uh did a tour of. I think they went to Turkey after they were they were in Portugal for a screening of the uh the life of um what's it called the life of Mariko in Shinch uh, Kabukicho. Uh,
0: that's correct. Yeah,
1: yeah, they won they won the audience award there after winning uh at Brussels last October. So it's it's doing quite well. And um yeah, him and uh, Yabitaro, who uh, I'm sure you had a great time with, uh, were traveling around.
0: It was amazing. Yeah, Yabitaro was awesome so he's like a, a comedian slash illustrator right he's he's just done that manga that's going gangbusters um
1: yeah he's he's a. I mean he's a big big name in japan uh he doesn't have any money like all big names in japan but he's yeah. a comedian who uh was part of this this manzai, like uh the dual comedy uh duo called um karateka and that was running for a long long time and then like after about i think about three four maybe five years ago he wrote a, a manga about like him and this his his uh landlord an old woman who was his landlord and that became like this massive bestseller and even won like the tezuko samu like manga prize um it's huge and, yeah it's huge and I think he made a spit off and I, I heard they were talking about making a movie from it but um yeah he and i think uh, he finally might actually get a little bit of money because he was on TV every single day of the from for half of his life and living in this like tiny one bedroom apartment. But uh, <laughs> that's uh, Yoshimoto for you.
0: It was so surreal, though, right? So, because I, I mean, they, they both followed me afterwards, which is so sweet. Um, but he's got something like three times the amount of followers of Yuchida. So, like, the, his status was like instantly, I was like, holy crap, like, you're huge, man. Like, you've got such a following. And I was saying, are you going to um, translate your manga into English? and he was saying i'd love to but i don't think it's going to translate that well um but then uh claire uh, your friend who helps with all your kind of um deliveries and stuff mm. she was telling me how it's already been translated into french and oh, he he didn't even didn't know, know that, that. <laughs> he didn't and uh yeah she brought up some of the stills and stuff so yeah that was really interesting um but yeah, uh, just talking to Yuchida was just amazing. Cause obviously I'm a huge fan and he was really humbled by the fact that I was a fan for some reason. Like I, I would have thought he would just assume that, you know, being a, a, a film of East Asian cinema that I would be a fan, but he was like, every time I said, oh, I love this film, he was kind of like, oh, this this, this gives me such a big head. Thank you so much. And and like the fact that I'd seen Shrieking in the Rain and um, The Life of Mariko, he was like mind blown by it. Um, so it was it was just really really lovely um
1: yeah he's, he's a cool he's a very very nice and humble guy and i think also um he was in the industry for quite a while before his break i mean low life love was the film that that made him get get a name in japan i mean i i thought grateful dead which was the film before that was a lot mm. better but um it bombed uh, like all of his films he's never really been a successful director and he was thinking even of quitting filmmaking uh until low life love was so so big and, and it gave him a sort of new lease of life and uh he's yeah he's now i mean he won an academy award for a midnight a japanese academy award yeah for midnight swan, swan but he's he's a real big name now but yeah he was, since he, it took him so long to get there he's, he's really been uh, sort of humble about it and he's just a big film film lover and film dork uh he know, just- at the end of it
0: he just asked me so many questions about the British film scene. He just wanted to know loads about English films. And I said to him, it was like, <laughs> embarrassingly, it's not really my expertise anymore because I'm so into <laughs> like Japanese and Korean stuff. But I answered him as best I could. Um, and yeah, we went around, um, the Japanese house afterwards, which is like this museum of Japanese stuff. And we went to the natural history museum because he geeked out all the dinosaurs. It was, ju- <laughs> it was just sort of one of the most surreal days ever. Um, he also had his producing partner uh, Koji Fuji there, um, mm. and, and Koji's wife as well, who's a fucking neurosurgeon. So I yeah. was drinking beer with her, and she was explaining to me how she does brain surgery, and I was like, "What the
1: fuck? Like, it's this is she, mental." She's crazy. Yeah, I told you she uh, she's proper drinks, and then she'll like drink until she passed out and then like a few hours later she'll like i'll put on somebody's <laughs> head like uh, <laughs> it's it's uh but she's really really uh good apparently she, had, she i think people like that who are under really really stressful situations mm-hmm. tend to have this switch to them where they can just sort of like they, they get so much stress uh, with work that they, they drink or something and then they have a switch that can just completely put them into like some sort of work mode i mean i guess th- there are a few people in the world who are in those sort of uh like neurosurgeons uh but the, but all the ones i've met have seemed to be like that like they're they've like immediately can switch on uh under the, the any situation uh,
0: yeah uh, well she she at the end she was adamant she's like when you come to tokyo you message me and we're gonna go out drinking and i was like oh yes you, you, you won't last a second <laughs> <laughs> uh... So, uh, pr- proper proper uh drinker I mean, yeah, it was just, it was just such a good day. And I've been like, have you had this thing called chat GPT? This is this new like AI. It's like, uh, oh, it's, it's cause I work in marketing. I've been using it quite a bit, but it basically it's like Google, but it learns from your conversation with it. So you don't wow. just ask it for one thing you can have a conversation with it and it comes from, but, um, it, it really, it translates really well. So I've been having conversations with you Cheetah now, um, in my messages, by by talking in japanese because it's just translating it perfectly
1: you you Uh, don't know that
0: (laughs) he's told me i said i'm using this platform does this make sense he's like yeah perfectly and
1: yeah, but does he know what what you were saying to him in the first? I mean, maybe what what comes out in Japanese makes sense to him, but it might not be exactly what you've said in the first place.
0: <laughs> this platform's pretty damn good, man. I'll try. And, I'll try. I tell you what, I'll talk to you in Japanese over our DMs after this, and you can tell me. Oh,
1: all right, I'd like to see actually because I, I I mean, Google Translate and all that don't work very. I mean, they work for very, very small sentences, like you know, I'm hungry or can can I buy some fish or something like that. But um, you know, I. I, I I'm telling you, dude. so Let's try. Let's try. We
0: will. I'm telling you, this is next level. This, ain't like, <laughs> this is. A, they're calling this a Google killer, like um, it's going to be huge.
1: well Anyway, well, well.
0: let's get on to the main event. So, um, this is an exciting month for the podcast because you've got two releases, um, and they both involve uh, Ishi Kakuliu or Sogarishi, whatever you want to call him. But we've obviously did a podcast um, on him many, many moons ago. Um, with guest Tom Mess. Um, so I thought this time what we should do before we talk about the films is do a little bit of a spotlight on uh, Tadanobu Asano, who, uh, who stars I'll in do. both the films. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've been like geeking out on him a little bit now for the last month or so. Um, just kind of re-watching some of my favourites, you know, things like Itchy the Killer, um, but also filling in a few blind spots that I've had you know mm. um which is really cool but yeah i was doing a bit of research on him so he's actually he's been in over 90 films now throughout his career um mm. in, including a lot that you know you've been involved in like the taste of tea and funky forest but he was also in like uh, kitano satoichi um he's in survive styles five plus which hopefully mm. is something coming soon um Hideaki Anno's love and pop um uh, sukamoto's vital loads of stuff um but he's also a musician, right? So he's actually released loads of albums and singles and stuff as a musician.
1: Yeah, actually his band Soda are doing a a gig, like a big anniversary gig, I think April the 30th in Tokyo. Uh, so next month, um, yeah, he's, he's in this, I don't think they've, they've got quite a following because of him, but I, I saw some stuff and they weren't so good, but they were very atmospheric. <laughs> um, but then again, he's, you know, got that atmosphere that I don't think he needs to be that talented uh, on guitar, but he really knows how to to uh, make a show. It's almost like his acting
0: style, right? It's very kind of stoic and calm and cool. Um, mm. I, yeah, I get that impression. I haven't really heard much of the music, but I, I like it enough. Um, but he's also a, a photographer. So he's published like several books on photography over the years. Um mm which is so cool. And I think that's something that a lot of actors do because they spend a lot of time on sets, right? Just waiting around for things to happen and set uh, sets getting ready. And so taking photographs kind of comes with the territory. Um, But yeah, they're really cool photos. And you were mentioning just before we recorded that he's also an illustrator. Is that right?
1: Yeah. yeah, uh, And that's, if you follow him on, on, on Twitter, uh, you'll see his daily illustrations, but um, I did go see a gallery opening of his a few years ago. Um, in tokyo uh i forget where um yeah and uh it, it was always his uh illustrations so yeah he's quite a um uh, a jack of all trades
0: yeah absolutely um he's also married to the japanese actress is it chara or kara
1: yeah and then their daughter sumire is in uh in lots of films they have a son too as well who's in some films recently but sumire was in uh some films by Ugana Ke- Keiichi, um, and she's yeah, big big name, but um, but in Japan, all all daughters and and well, Hollywood as well, all daughters and and sons yeah. of actors are are in movies and are famous uh, for 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 the connections they have. But um, yeah, she's uh, she's a, mo- a model and uh, an actress, uh, and and yeah, his son, I, I forget uh, his name, but um, he's also an actor, and and yes, they're they're a very powerful and and. Uh, Good-looking family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, Chara, so she was in Shunjiwai's Swallowtail Butterfly and Picnic, um, but she was also in Zoki, right? The film you released not too long ago. Yes,
1: yes, yes, sir, she was, wasn't she? Um, yeah, it's quite quite a family.
0: Amazing. Um, he's also, uh, like, a, an activist as well. Like, so I was looking up some of... Um, if you're just looking up Asano News, he's got involved in, like, issues of, like, deforestation and climate change and all of that. So he's a bit of a kind of... Um, what we call him like a vagabond.
1: <laughs> He's a cool guy. I mean, I don't think there's anybody like him in in this generation. I mean, uh, both him and Masatoshi Nagase who was in Electric Dragon, you know, the two of them are just sort of that that effortly effortlessly cool. Maybe like mm-hmm. now but if you compare him to a Hollywood, I don't know, Ryan Gosling or something like that, um, that's sort of just cool and and seem to be doing loads of things they want to do and not like uh because they they seem to be they have to do you know like uh yeah yeah it's it just it's just just so cool i mean i I don't think there's anybody really like it, i mean i said ryan Gosling, but i even compared to him i think he's pretty much so unique uh in the world
0: yeah no i completely agree um i just love him to bits and then this kind of dive i went through my blind spots in his career was some of the most fascinating stuff I've seen in ages, right? Mm. So the first one I watched was Ruined Heart, another love story between a criminal and a whore, which is a third window release. And it's one of the ones that you sent me right at the start when we first started talking. Um, and for whatever reason, I completely didn't didn't watch it. Um, so <laughs> I finally-
1: Experimental. Also,
0: well, yeah, totally. But I got around to it and it was just fucking amazing. It's like- a romantic crime drama but it's shot entirely in manila in the philippines which um i spent a few weeks in manila like um, many many moons ago i just loved it um and most of the scenes in the film take place in like the, uh, the red light district there which i don't want to say i spent a lot of time there but i definitely uh, i definitely went around there a few times you know because there's a lot of good nightlife there um and it was just so fucking awesome to see it because it's all like um a multilingual cast so some speak in English some speak in Filipino um it's obviously Japanese um yes yeah, sp- Spanish um it's just so cool and I don't know how you pronounce the director's name is it Kevin Kevin De la cabin
1: yeah uh, Kevin and the thing about him is he's just the most like punk person you could ever imagine and yeah like his films are just like just proper guerrilla style like let's just get my crazy friends together and like shoot up make up a film And he makes like loads and loads of films he's, he's mm. a really really crazy guy i mean he made once i saw him have this film in in, in rotterdam film festival he just played the piano for like 12 hours straight <laughs> like showing a sort of i mean it wasn't it didn't have a narrative to it but like stuff that he's shot and he played the piano alongside of it for 12 hours and just, and just peed in like a in like a bottle and like ate bananas like just non-stop wow and th- that's the sort of director he is he's just he's just crazy and, and you think think about like this is just an example of how cool tadano wasano is is this guy who is you know in like hollywood films like thor and all that and one of the biggest names in japan just goes to manila to be a part of this just like total punk film in which asano himself shot a lot of the film because all the gopro stuff is is like asano like filming yeah so and also, the the film was just a, a, a very incredibly low budget, you know. So I'm sure he didn't get a a, a much of a, a guarantee and and shot. And I'm sure he didn't stay at like any post places either. So, like to show how cool he is is just like from going from Thor to do to do that is uh is really uh, just testament.
0: But again, that 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 speaks to the artist in him, and I guess it keeps you humble and it keeps you like energized because if you're just gonna go do Marvel films, I'm sure you get pretty numb pretty quick to the whole like machine. And you can tell he's having so much fun in that film. And he plays this like fucking crazy criminal, but it's a really romantic film and it looks incredible. Like the cinematography is just wild. The music's incredible. And it captures this nightlife of Manila perfectly. Um, So I was completely obsessed with it. So yeah, thank you for sending that over. Um, And you sent me the slip this version as well, which is awesome.
1: The the only version it took about uh, I think it just about sold out uh, seven years after <laughs> originally putting it out but uh, it's yeah it's 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 not one for everyone for sure but um you know Christopher Doyle Kevin uh, and Asano together in a in a this just chaotic uh, experimental punk rock film uh, is just uh it's it's yeah it's something just to to give it a go
0: oh man it got a lot of love when I tweeted about it um, so a lot of people seem to know about it. And I've got a few more recommendations of other Kevin films as well. So maybe I'll get around to them.
1: <laughs> Mondo Melilla is, is is my favorite of his. Uh, Rapid Eye Movies, who who produced uh, um, uh, Ruin Hart, are, are produced a lot of his films. So a lot of his films are available through them. And I think Spectrum Films in France actually released a lot of them uh, a few years ago. But he, he's got a lot of films and uh, they're not all good, but they're all interesting.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, the next one I watched is legitimately... Uh, one of my favorite films that I've seen in, I don't know, God knows how long. Um, it was Last Life in the Universe.
1: Mm.
0: Have you seen that?
1: Yeah, yeah, a long, long, long time ago, but it's, it's a Stonewall classic, isn't it?
0: So, it, I mean, it, it, it kind of, um, it relates a little bit to uh, um, Ruined Heart because um, it's a romantic crime drama again, um, but this time it's completely shot in Bangkok in Thailand. Mm. um which again was just so cool like to see him working with a director from from Thailand now um uh he kind of speaks a bit of Thai as well so it's him and I think I'm going to uh, butcher this but is it sunita Bunyasak um and she speaks a bit of Japanese he speaks a bit of Thai and in the trivia it said that they both learned each other's languages for the film um mm. to try and like you know uh, make it a bit more valid um but the director is this uh, a Penek uh, Rat in Room, I think. Mm. Or, again, I'm probably butchering that. But they're the a really well known filmmaker in Thailand, um, known for like quite a visually inventive style. Um, yeah. And that just came through in spades. I was just completely floored by this film. It's so sad. It's like, it's existential. It touches loads on uh, suicide and grief and uh, how you find meaning in life when you feel like there's no point to it so it is it's quite bleak but it's also it's got this really beautiful dreamy cinematography again I think it is isn't it also um um oh, uh doyle Christopher Doyle again
1: um I believe so but um
0: it looks very uh, different
1: to ruined Heart. but I think it is him again um well ruined heart actually he only shot half of it uh, uh because of some some issues or another but uh you know he's he's uh got got a quite a, a he's got a bit of variety of styles as well he's just um mm. you know but uh yeah he's a um, great but yeah
0: I just I haven't stopped thinking about it since I've seen it and um yeah it really affected me um I'll just go through these quickly sorry man I know I'm like dragging mm. on a bit the other one that I found uh, was uh Sakichi Sato's Tokyo Zombie ah oh, I love uh, that film it was Awesome. I was so thrilled by this one. So it's it's like a Japanese horror comedy. Um, And weirdly enough, it was kind of marketed as the Japanese Shaun of the Dead, which I think really undersells it. Like, it's not what it's about at all. Mm. Um, But yeah, Sasato, who I didn't know that much about, to be honest, but he wrote the screenplays for Itchy the Killer and Gozu, like Mm. two of my favorite Takeshi Miike films. Um, And he's also the guy who plays Charlie Brown in Kill Bill. <laughs> yeah, um, which was just sick, but yeah, the the film's based on that manga series um, by uh, Yusaku. Is that Hanakuma? Um,
1: I, I don't know. I don't know to be honest. I just remember know the film, which I which I which I loved, and, and it's been a while since I've seen it myself. Actually,
0: it's just this. It's 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 animated really uh, like remedially. <laughs> like it's mm. really simple drawings. But the storytelling is really, really awesome. And I just thought it was so funny. And uh, Asano's having a blast in it. Um, it I tried to
1: put it out years ago, and and I think, I don't remember why I couldn't, uh, but um, maybe I'll have to look look at it again.
0: Yeah, oh man, I couldn't agree. Oh, yeah, do that. And the last ones I watched was um, uh, Shinji Aoyama's kind of trilogy trilogy. was it helpless, Eureka, and Sad Vacation. Mm. Um, and Asano's not in Eureka, but I just I had to like the completionist in me made sure I had to watch it. Um, and my God, they're just brilliant, mm. and probably I think the best performances I've seen from Asano, um, especially yeah. in Sad Vacation.
1: Yeah, that's that's uh, saying a lot. But um, yeah, he's it's it's he's great, and and you know having a director like that. But then again, he has worked with so so many great directors, and well, I guess there's so many great directors want to work with him, and and vice versa. But it's having a great director and a who makes the film. It sort of makes both of them a hundred percent. You know, uh, yeah. You know, having a shit director and a who still makes the film pretty pretty watchable, whether or not it's watchable otherwise. But um, having a great director and, and a great actor like him, I mean, you're guaranteed to have a, a wonderful film. So he's just really he really brings the level up of, of every film he's in.
0: We'll talk, I mean, like, so I think with Helpless, it was one of the films that kind of launched his career, right? He was he was quite early in his career back then, so it's it's mm. quite a young performance from him, but he's he's so good in it, and it's that thing of like he has that effortless cool, but then all of a sudden he snaps. I don't want to spoil any of the film in case we want to see it, but there's this horrible, like, snapping in the third act that just, like, kind of blows your mind. Um, But then in sad vacation, which I think was filmed almost, like, almost a decade later, maybe. Mm. It was a long time. Right after, yeah. Yeah, so he was already a star at this point. Um, But he seems so invested in this film. And it's, like, this damaged soul hidden unbene- underneath, like, this, um, I don't know, like, this fully functioning adult but he just plays it so well and i was like i i genuinely think that might be his best performance i've seen um
1: yeah i mean okay. when i was meeting a lot with ishikatsuito the last uh, couple of weeks and as well as during funky forest when we did the audio commentary of that he was really talking about how how great asano is mm. like um how he is on set and and just how how well he ad-libs as well and like he was telling me that he didn't want to say cut because like even when the scene was finished, like Asano would just bring it to like all these different places that he hadn't even thought of. So he just like let the camera roll and let Asano like like play with the scene and and also how nice he is. Like um, he works against uh, no how do how do I say um he works with the other actors. So if the actors are not maybe not as as well known or they're they're younger or they're fresher, he bends off them so he goes mm. in there direct instead of like i'm setting the mood of it here and you will have to work around me it's like he follows the other actors so like uh, with with um shark skin man the, the 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 girl who's the lead uh, lead actress uh, the lead uh, role opposite him is was, was a was a was a first time actress mm. and like Ishii was telling me like how asano was just um sort of like really helping her along in each scene like to be able to like like blend with the mood that she was creating and then like putting it together to create an atmosphere like like really really like sort of selfless amazing yeah i mean it's really listening to like directors give their their views on him it just makes you like even more and more like like love him i mean uh and, and respect him
0: i mean yeah that's so good to hear because i like, if any director uses an actor over and over again then it's clear that they've got a good relationship but I suppose if he's going out doing all these films from other countries and working with all these different directors, you would learn so much.
1: Um, yeah, I mean Ishii was saying like he's so talented that actually he would Ishii would purposely try to like met, like trip him up in a way like like and that's why in funky forest um she talks about this like on the, on the commentary um of funky forest That like he put this like a um, fat american kid that didn't speak japanese and was like not an actor and made him like asano's brother in, in like, the, the guitar <laughs> brothers yeah, because like he wanted to see like how talented asano was as an actor and like if he could handle this this like role yeah. Like, just, just this kid who's not, who's not an actor at all and just, like, doesn't even speak the language. And, like, could Asano, like, even do that? And then he could, and you know? And that's just, like... So it became this sort of, like, joke with Ishii, like, trying to create, like, more and more strange characters and more and more strange situations, like, to see if Asano could take them. And every time, Asano brought the level up even more.
0: Man, not
1: only did he handle it he knocked it out of the park like those exactly. scenes are some of the funniest in the film <laughs> and it's all ad libs, you know a lot of that like uh imagine that and not not just being on your, your toes as well as obviously you know you're acting in essence i mean you, you it's not just like at a pub like pissing around with friends like you know people have got you know there's people on set and and you know they're, they're they're filming this and you know time is money and all that but he can do it every time you know he's just a genius
0: i love it has he made any films himself i think i saw he had done a couple of shorts some here and
1: there Ah, oh, you know what I'm not sure. Hmm. I wouldn't be surprised because I know like all the giddy Joe who you're we talking about before had made a couple of films uh but asano maybe, maybe yeah, who knows um I'd have to check the old i m d b
0: yeah, I think I saw one it was like uh like a twenty six film like anthology collection, and he did one of them um yeah, yeah I don't possibly as, really a, as a
1: short, but yeah, as a feature, I I don't think so. But um, it could be something slipping my mind. And people who are listening to this saying, "Well, that obvious one," uh, he did. But um, I don't. know. Yeah, man.
0: But like I said, there, there wasn't a bad film in the bunch there. Like I just loved every single one of them. Um, I mean, Eureka as well. It doesn't have him in it, but it's just a masterpiece. Um, but I also rewatched Stitchy the Killer just to remind myself because that's definitely his most iconic role. Um, mm. and he's just so. So good. <laughs> I feel like we're just banging the same drum over and over again now. But uh, g- revisiting that purely to watch his performance was just wild because he just owns it completely.
1: Yeah, that was the golden time, like you know, also a good time for Japanese cinema. But like the late nineties, early two thousands, and all the films that he was in during that time, obviously including coming up to A literature Dragon Eighty Thousand Volts, like it was just like absolute gold of, of totally. Of- yeah, and, and, and he was the big part of that.
0: Well, Sukamoto was in there as well with a huge role in Ichi the Killer that I always forget about. Like,
1: Yeah, he's uh, he's in a lot of stuff. I mean, he's in the upcoming Kamen Rider, which I'm going to see just because of, of him. I think it's out in cinemas next week in Japan on the on the 17th. But um, Hell yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's a great actor.
0: Do you know what? I totally forgot as well to mention that Last Life in the Universe, I was just sitting there watching it and then all of a sudden Takashi Miike shows up as a Yakuza, I was like, oh, my God. Like, Because him acting in other people's films is so rare. And, um, mm. yeah, it blew me away. Anyway, that was it. That was my, like, whistle-stop tour for his career, and it, it was just so good. And I, I don't think I'm going to stop there. There's still loads more that I can find. But um, let's go on to the main event, right? So you've got two massive releases this month, which is it's rare, right? You don't normally release two films so close together, do you?
1: No, but I think, you know, the thing is, is that, um, you know, it, with Electric Dragon, everyone's going to, I thought most people are going to want to buy that film because it's uh, such an iconic film. Mm-hmm. But in order to sell Punk Samurai, I thought they need to be out within a week of each other and therefore have a, a deal, which I had through terracotta, you know, buy one, get the next 10% off and uh, was basically using Electric Dragon to sell Punk Samurai because right. punk samurai actually i talk uh, joey reminded me the other day on i think episode five where i slacked it off a lot um and when hmm. i first saw it actually i didn't really like it at all um i think mainly because i saw it maybe i was i had expectations because it was so long since the previous issue film and his last film films before that weren't so great but um Also, you know, I saw it without subtitles and I can speak Japanese quite well, but um, that's a film that you really need very good subtitles, Mm. uh, not just subtitles, but good subtitles to really understand because it's so, so, so so complicated. So, um, yeah, I I fell in love with it uh, very much. uh, And I, yes, I put it next to Electric Dragon so that people would would fall in love with it, I'd hoped.
0: It seems to be working. I've already seen people tagging us in it that they bought both and they've they've already arrived. So... uh...
1: Yeah, really yeah, cool. I mean, uh, I, I don't know how well it would do by just selling by itself, but thanks to Electric Dragon. I mean, yeah, Electric Dragon is, yeah, it's 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 uh, absolute classic, uh, cult classic of, of Japanese cinema or, or, or cult cinema in general, isn't it?
0: I mean, let's talk about Electric Dragon first then. Mm. So I put on my tweet about it. I was like, the plot pretty much sells itself here. And it's a violent, guitar-playing, electrically-charged boxer faces off against an ele- electronic wizard half-merged with a metallic Buddha. Um, exactly (laughs) and that's pretty much it isn't
1: it yeah it's it's, it's just it's a music video in essence or a a trailer dragged out to uh 55 minutes i mean there's barely any dialogue or story isn't it it's so
0: fucking cool i I, it's like i think it's about 55 minutes right so it's just shy of an Mm. hour and it, it feels like like a drug rush of a film like it just gets into your system it fucks with your chemistry a bit and then the credits roll and you're just left sitting there like Jesus Christ like it's it's so energetic um the music in particular Th- didn't um Ishii compose the music himself
1: no 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 uh, the music was done by uh Onogawa Hi- Hi- Hiroyuki Onogawa who did the music for uh, August in the Water and uh a few of Ishii's films before Electric Dragon
0: Oh, right. I thought he was saying. Maybe
1: he was saying he helped him, like that. Maybe they. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm. I'm sorry. She helped helped a little bit, but um, uh, Onagawa composed all the music for it. Because it's like punk
0: rock, uh, like electro, and then just like industrial noise. <laughs>
1: it's like yeah, got
0: um, it's I feel.
1: I mean, Onagawa actually wasn't really that sort of musician. I mean, people think of him as being this punk musician because of Electric Dragon, but he was really into like ambient sounds before, as as uh, August in the Water. Is something that's pure Onogawa, but yeah, Ishii is like is, is comes from that punk background. So I think he wanted this sort of sound, you know, he wanted that punk sound, and then Onogawa made it for him. But um, Ishii was like, yeah, he was in a band. Um, I, I was in a restaurant in Koenji in Tokyo the other day, and it was just this like Vietnamese restaurant that had like just full of records, hmm. and like it was run by this like woman who was in like teriyama suji films like it's just this really strange place in, in koenji but then like they were just playing records the whole time we were eating and like they pulled out this Ishisogo record from like 1983 which was like uh it's called <laughs> the striped back of asia and it's an lp it's quite rare apparently and yeah. they put it on it was just like it was just proper punk of of sogo singing i think or or doing some sort of instrument and uh so yeah he's he's certainly from that background but um but yeah, Onaga was the person who who actually put it all together because he's the actual composer.
0: Right. Okay. Well, like I the thing that kind of blew me away the most, so it, it's all shot in black and white, like this monochrome. Um, but it looks incredible, like really, really vivid imagery. Um, that super like kinetic editing and stuff like that. But then when I looked into it, it was on like a budget of about ten million yen, which is about like a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, wasn't it?
1: No, nah, it was on a budget of, I think, uh, of uh, $300,000 or, or more, or maybe f- more $400,000, $500,000. It, it was a decent sized budget. I mean, they went to Hollywood to do post-production in like a massive Hollywood studio. So it was actually quite, I mean, Tetsuo is, is, uh, is obviously quite low budget, but Electric Dragon was a pretty big budget, um, uh, to be honest, uh, for okay. its time. Yeah
0: interested okay well so again so because when i thought about that i was like that is minuscule for what they got on screen but i suppose if you're doing post-production in hollywood that would make sense
1: yeah because it was partnered with, with um with gojo which was the big toho uh uh film that uh, also starring as uh, tarnobu Bosano and uh, directed by ishi sogo which was which was sort of made right after that um but there was it was supposed to be a sort of like uh temporary film or or trailer or something like that in order to prepare for Gojo, which uh, bombed, bombed big time and, uh, and sort of sent Ishii into a bit of a downward spiral after.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, one of the extras you've got on the disc is the introduction kind of talk before the premiere, I believe it was. Mm. And one of the people were asking about, is there a sequel to this? And he said that he has one. And they were even thinking about doing a series at one point, right? There's like a whole series with him.
1: Yeah, actually, when when uh, uh, James Balmond interviewed him uh, for, for Dazed and Confused, uh, which the article came out uh, yesterday, so it's available online, but um, he was talking about, uh, yes, he had scripted a, a sequel called Electric Dragon 1 Million Volts. And that was to have like all the characters of like all his films, like Crazy Thunder Road and all that, like all these characters conv- into this big. Um, like like what is, what do they call the the marvel universe the uh, yeah yeah yeah
0: cinematic universe yeah
1: yeah uh mcu yes um so it was going to be like that uh but but a massive budget <laughs> and uh, and he's, he's still saying like you know if somebody gives me the money that I'd love to do it and it's all ready, uh to be done but um yeah I'd love to see it but I don't know if, who who could raise the money for it
0: no yeah <laughs> you can't crowdfund something like that can you if you're looking for millions <laughs>
1: He's crowdfunding right now for his, his latest film, uh, which is already actually in cinemas, but to help the distribution, he's doing quite well for us. So, um, yeah, he, you know, he's he's got the fans, I guess. But not, I don't know, if, if it, you, you you couldn't just crowdfund for that film. You'd need uh, a lot of backers on top of it.
0: No, totally. I mean, I was talking about this with James, actually, after that lunch with Uchida. Uh, we went for some beers afterwards, and we're saying how he's made some of the, what we consider to be the greatest films of all time with like, you know, August in the water, um, angel dust. And, uh, to a certain degree, um, the crazy family. Mm. <laughs> um, but no one's seen them because they've never got distribution here. Um, and it, they're really hard to get hold of. Right.
1: Yeah. A lot of his films, uh, are, are sort of, uh, yeah, like held up with like crazy family by Toho and all that. Um, but he's, uh, was part of this company called the Directors' Company, which started in 1982 and lasted for about 10 years. And it was all these directors making films, their own films for their own production company. And a lot of those films were distributed by companies like, like Toho. I mean, uh, Crazy Fam- Family is a director's company film, but um, Toho took the rights uh, when, when in theory, it, they wasn't their their film, their production company. So, right. yeah, there are... And I've been working with, with some people from the Directors' Company like uh, over the last few months to try to remaster a lot of those old ishi films that are, that they own still but um it's it's yeah his, his films are like august in the water i mean it's just those running stress of, of trying to clear the rights to it and uh, mm. uh it's also him you know i think he's he's quite busy with, with trying to do new projects and going back and clearing the rights and remastering it's a bit stressful but actually next month or this month in tokyo they're doing a retrospective of all his films so nice. um if, and Kobe as well. So if anybody happens to be there, you can see Electric Dragon on the big screen as well as uh, August in the Water and uh, Angel Dust and all these other films that that can play in cinemas but not get out on, on DVD because of rights issues.
0: Oh man, I would love that. I mean, even if I was there though, they won't be subtitled, right? If they're playing in Japan.
1: Electric Dragon, you don't need subtitles. You don't need <laughs> subtitles for that. And Shuffle I mean... as well. Shuffle, you don't need subtitles. Anyway, <laughs> you've seen them all before so you can, you can watch them without subtitles i mean uh, some of them don't don't require them like uh, maybe uh, the hyper munch and all that sort of stuff uh, you know i think uh, he he's a, him like tsukamoto as well i mean they're, they're directors that are so visual that you can watch a film without subtitles and, and get it uh, except for punk samurai which is what i learned after but um mm. you know he, he's most of them i think yeah. you you obviously if you watch it with subtitles, of will help but but you can get good enough without them I mean, so I, I'm
0: someone that really likes to re-watch films, you know? Like, you see it the first time, you love it. You see it the second time, you love it even more. The third time, you start noticing different things. Mm. But it's rare for me to re-watch a film, say, twice in one year. I'd usually, like, leave a year between them to go let it breathe. Um, but because this is 55 minutes, I think I've seen it, like, four times in the last, like, 12 <laughs> months or something crazy. Um, I, yeah, I just the second it's over, I want to watch it again because it's so intense and it's so short and sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, there's no real story to it. It's just like a, like, a, <laughs> just a, a a carnage. It's almost like an extension of what Tsukumoto tried to do with Tetsuo, right? Like it's just a metallic battle. But
1: um, yeah, yeah, on a bigger budget uh, and and with the more accomplished actors uh, and better better sound, uh, it's. But yeah, back to back with Tetsuo would would be fantastic as well to uh, sort of see the evolution because they're about t- ten years separate them exactly 10 years don't they so uh...
0: I'll be so interested interested to see how this sells because I think anyone who likes Tetsuo which is most of you know the people who are into Japanese cinema especially independent cinema will love this so that it should be a no-brainer this should fly off the shelf
1: it's not selling as well as I expected, to be honest. But um, it's one of those things that will just sell in time, uh, especially when it comes in the sales. Uh, obviously, when the limited edition is is out and the, the standard edition is there, I'm sure when it's on the arrow sales for a ten pound, a lot of people will buy it. because, like Tetsuo, I mean, you know, it's just a classic. Classics always yeah. sell. I mean, that's why people distribute classics, and, yeah. and this is a classic for sure. So um, yeah, in, in time, it's it it's, it is a, a no brainer.
0: Yeah, it'll get there. Awesome. Well, yeah. So the other one, Punk Samurai Slashdown,
1: or is, is it? Is
0: that its full title, or is it uh, we call it Punk Samurai?
1: Yeah, it, it, it's its full title. But I thought it was just so stupid to have like Slashdown <laughs> because like it's like saying you know like Six Pistols Crazy Band, you know like <laughs> you don't you don't need that like. So I, I had a big argument with the, with the, the the production company like when I was like let me just call it Punk Samurai and they're like no but the original novel is Punk Samurai Slashdown. There is a, but but what you don't need Slashdown like it's just stupid. So I'm calling it Punk Samurai and. uh if anybody has a problem with that, then, then they can add slash down and in, in paper and in pencil on, 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 the, on the box.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the artwork you got for it was so cool as well. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. 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 He's, you know, I like... Uh, Go Go Kaiju, you know he he does uh, nice works and that one initially like it, we we changed the colorway a lot and I was like Can you, I want something a lot more pop because he I, I showed you some of the colors that were initially decided yeah. on and I said like just make something just crazy and pop and he and he when the one when he sent me one the one that we ended up using it was like yeah I don't know I think this is maybe too crazy but this is what I like is what he said and then I was like yeah this is it you know just like just just crazy and pop and uh, and punk and uh, everything. Because the film is like, that. it's everything but the kitchen sink, uh, everything and the kitchen sink uh, in this case. Um, it's the most, just, it doesn't really make any sense whatsoever. It's just like all the colours of the world, of the spectrum just put into one space.
0: Yeah, exactly. It fits it perfectly. I remember the first time I saw it and it was after you'd said that you were kind of underwhelmed with it. This was before you'd even announced that you were going to kind of release it. Mm. Um, I was kind of, shell-shocked by what I was seeing because it was so all over the place like um I remember the opening sequence is so cool it's like this ronin rolling into town and then just seemingly out of nowhere just slashing this guy's face in half and <laughs> it's Slash just down. yeah it was um it reminded me of blade of the immortal you know the miki film mm. um but then, like later, you've got him like ripping bongs, um, <laughs> like from this huge, oversized comedic bong, um, and then by the time the monkey army turned up, I was just like, "What the fuck is going on?" I was so lost. And in retrospect, so I got that off. You know, I don't, I forget where I got it now, but it wasn't through legitimate means. I'll put it that way. Um, and I guess the subtitling wasn't as good as it needed to be because i was quite mm. lost with a lot of what was going on um and then when i rewatched it through your release when you sent me the check disc i was just uh yeah completely in love with it i, I thought it was amazing
1: i've seen those and i've seen the film with those subtitles the ones that that, that are available on the the uh on on the the, the, the dark web or whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because that film was a never <laughs> yeah just the web because that film was never released out, outside of japan so um yeah, obviously somebody made subtitles for it, and they, they, they yeah, they, they're, they're not very good. And and you, it is a film. There's just so much going on. I mean, you could watch that film without subtitles, and I think it would just blow your mind. But it is such a witty script on top of it, the fact that it is completely insane. Mm. You know, there's just there is so much going on that it does take a few watches to really admire it and, and, and admire what it's doing. And and I think it it did take me. Like like I said, the first time I watched it, I didn't like it at all. And then I saw it again and I was like, oh, this is like, this is, what is this, this is like amazing. And then I saw it again and again when I was fixing the subtitles and all that. And I, every time I watched it, I felt I felt more and more in love with it. And uh, especially watching the extra features on the disc because they, they really show how, I mean, I heard actually, when that film was being made, it was like this legendary chaos. Mm. And I heard from so many people, like that film is just like, like it's gone over budget and over budget and over budget. And like, it's like really stra- chaotic on set. And like, like, because my friend of mine produced it, it was, and he just like, he was just complaining about it all the time. And like some people that I knew were starring it. They were just like, this, this, this this film was dragging on and on. And it was <laughs> like this, like just epic of chaos. And and you, those films usually never turn out well, but I think it was an epic of chaos because Ishi Sogo had this, this vision of it and wanted to get everything perfect. And it just dragged out and went over budget, like um, it really like to a legendary point. Mm. And the thing is, is that that film, those are the biggest names in Japan, the actors. I mean, oh, all man. of them, massive, massive names. And, and all 12 of them, I mean, even Masatoshi Nagase, who's a big name, plays a monkey. You don't even see his face, you know? I mean, like, <laughs> it's just like the biggest, biggest names of Japan doing the stupidest things ever. And like for that to be a massive studio production, allowing like a director to just make this film that like nobody I mean the, the audience who are gonna go see that film who are fans of those stars are just not gonna have a clue what's going on. They're all gonna hate it. And for the, and that film is going over budget and over budget and over budget. I mean, like it's it's unbelievable how it even got released. I mean, it you can you 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 can imagine a story like in Hollywood of like a big studio ex- exec like like seeing the film and just like fucking shelve that, you know, like don't ever allow that to see the light of day. And it's a sort of a story like that. And yet it, it got released and um, it bombed it's of cool. course, but um, it, you know, it's amazing. It's almost like that Don Quixote thing, right? The Terry Gilliam. Oh, exactly. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I mean, it, it's, it's that sort of like epic chaos that, um, you know, we can finally see, but I think it does take time to realize how, how epic it is and how, chaotic it is i mean of course there's the chaos you see on screen but if you see or hear the backstory about just the names like you know it's like putting every big like hollywood star in in one film but that film just like it's just like about like a a dog shitting on somebody's head or something like it just it just and yeah there's also shitting on people's heads in this film as well i mean it's just it's just like it's just insane it's like it's in 20 years that's going to be a cult film for sure so if, if people don't understand it now maybe give him time and and in 20 years we'll we'll see or or i hope i think uh, there's a chance at least in japan um because everyone hated it the first time
0: yeah no you're so right like there's there's scenes like with the shota somatani like half naked running around like a dog um or that yeah that jun kunimura getting like monkey throwing shit at his face and
1: it's and also actually the asano tarnobu i mean like he his oh, yeah. role his character is <laughs> on originally in the script was somebody who doesn't speak and this is adapted also from manga uh not a manga a book and that book the, and the character is him him is him not speaking and on set like because you know like the other actors on set they, they they've they read the script and they, they, they in their minds have an idea of how this scene is going to play out and like he just starts like ad-libbing like asano starts ad-libbing but like like his character is not supposed to be speaking, and he's just like I remember there, there was there was one line in the film where like um I think Ayano Go like or Key or Shiba Kyo asks like the people that are speaking on his behalf like are you speaking on behalf of him and and then <laughs> he was like no they're not but they're like that no they're not that that Asano um, replies that's like ad lib so right. like like it, it I mean it's just like insane you know because like there's nothing how it was planned to be and it just come asano just like i think he was just fucking around the whole time like just doing whatever he wanted <laughs> and like Ishisogos like yeah that's fine like that seems like an okay you like like <laughs> imagine also like just a set of like all these other big names like having to deal with like asano just like pissing around on set but but that ends up being in the final film you know like that that's just how how insane it is
0: yeah yeah, exactly. And it, not just that, the look of him as well. Like, his makeup <laughs> is insanity. Like, completely hairless with these huge, like, eyebrows going right up his head. And, yeah, just some of the funniest stuff ever. And, yeah, you're right. You mentioned Key as well. He is so good in it. Probably one That's of his great. best comedic performances in years.
1: Hey, he's, and it's a decent-sized role, you know, which is... Uh, big... Of course, because his his name isn't as big as the rest of them. Like, I think his name was bottom on the poster. But um, it's great to have him in a big role like that against, you know, some of these big names.
0: Yeah. And I think, I don't know, I, you might correct me, I, but I, have, I don't know if I've seen much of Ayano Go. Um, but I thought he was really good and interesting in the lead.
1: I mean, he is the biggest, or he was so up until maybe recently, maybe he still is the biggest actor in Japan. Yeah. Um, but because he's such a big actor i think those big studio films don't really get out of japan so much because they're usually a bit crap right. and they usually come from like tv spin-offs. um and he was a big name on tv but for films like he did like you know shinjuku swan like the um uh sonoshiro oh, yeah. film and um i mean most all major big films of the last like 10 years like uh, he's been a part of but he also was in ishi um that's it which was um his sort of return to punk filmmaking about uh uh, seven or eight years ago also with and Shota and Key, so the three of them who were in that are also in in this um okay. but uh but yeah I go is, is massive I mean proper proper big big like like Tom Cruise uh level
0: he got I got that impression so again watching that making of was just so fun because again it looked like I mean there was a lot of shit right so they they built the sets all out on location and then there was just like torrential rain that just like ruined it and they were running out with tarps trying to save it and then there was just hours and hours of having to like get rid of the mud and get rid of the water before they could film again yeah. um, it was really
1: i mean i was hearing stories about that film way before it was released and maybe that's why when i first saw it i had this so many preconceptions like in my mind maybe i wanted it to be crap but, and that's why i thought it was crap because when you hear all these stories and like everyone's like just saying how, how how much over, overblown and over budget and now all everyone's fighting with each other, all that sort of stuff like, you don't expect much from the final film, and that's probably why there's a chance for it to be a cult film, because usually uh, oh, yeah. films like that, like uh, Heaven, Heaven's, Heaven's Gate sort of things you know You could just
0: tell that, like, people on set couldn't believe what they were making like, it just <laughs> seemed too insane but yeah, I just yeah, I love it to biz it had, Has there been much um, discrepancy between the sales of electric dragon and punk samurai or has it mostly been people buying both at the same time do you know
1: i think because of the 10 um discount uh people were buying the two together but but yeah. then again when the discount stopped uh, it all just sort of went to, to um electric dragon and also for the people that didn't realize about the discount they were just buying electric dragon but thanks to that discount uh it did get a decent number of of sales um whether or not uh it'll make money i probably won't because it's a not it wasn't you know bb for it's a long film bbfc is expensive and all that and the, it's not a, it's from a big studio as well so it's not that cheap but um you know mm. hopefully i just hope that in time people who watch my, my electric dragon of which people know of will give that film a chance um you know it's also available to, to to rent on amazon and uh and vimeo so you don't have to buy the blu-ray but um i do really want people to 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 give it a chance. Uh. Because it's something that I think uh, is waiting to be discovered.
0: Totally, I think one of the coolest thing about your fans is they like they're collectors. So a lot of people um, will tag me in and showing me their third window collection, and you know, loads of people have got like most of your most of your output. So you know, for people who are a fan of third window, hopefully they'll come as a collector. And like I said, that artwork is so cool. The slip, the slip case.
1: Yeah, I, I just hope it doesn't put people off because it is quite a divisive film. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's it's great, but like I said, even even the first time I saw it, I wasn't that big of a fan. So it, it can be a little complicated film to get into. Um, but uh, but uh, you know, if people are not just collecting, I actually want people to, to watch it and also there's some of great course. I, I I really like the the making of on that um so it's it's a really nice way, making of. It. It's it's a long, it's over an hour long, but um if you watch it uh give the making of a watch as well and maybe it'll make you want to watch the feature again
0: yeah definitely and it's really in depth as well like it'll go into each day on set like that huge forest fight that they had with like the um the wire work and everything it was just fascinating to see how that all came about Mm. um and then obviously you look at the finished product and it just looks so polished and great and yeah it's just really interesting to see that filmmaking process
1: yeah, and uh, Sex Pistols as well. I mean, uh, that cost about a million or something like that to, to get them to use. And actually, that's the reason why the film can't be released in America. The film will never oh, get out. Wow. I tried to even ask them if I could go to a region-free release, and they were like, well, th- that film cannot be released in America at all because of the Sex Pistols song. So I think yeah. it would have cost even more to get the American clearance. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, that was a big deal, apparently, for the film uh, because I don't think any film in Japan have been able to use that song. And right. it's an expensive song to to license, and uh, that was a big sticking point apparently with um, Ishi Soggo. He wanted uh, Anarchy in the UK, and when they were able to get it uh, and and pay the money for it, um, that was a big sales point. Uh, and I just love that you have got the Anarchy in the UK and the crazy end credits. And if you wait to the very very end of the credits, it's just like a really like it, the music turns to like this really really like like cute music, <laughs> and there's just like a long slow motion sort of like a of a monkey. So if you do get if if people do watch it and stay please stay to the very end of the credits because it's it's even it's got it ends in a very very cute way
0: yeah i didn't get that far i'll have to go back and watch it again there you go nice so um are they both out now they are aren't they
1: well by the time this this comes out uh they, they will both be out
0: yeah okay great so head over to terracotta to pick those up i'll put all the links in the show description um yeah I hate to always do this to you, but what's next? <laughs> what have you got coming up
1: uh next is go um ah yes which uh, yes is a it's a classic uh stonewall classic um of japanese contemporary cinema right uh Yukisada's one of his earlier works also actually scripted by the um same person who wrote punk, punk samurai um, oh wow okay kudokan uh Kudo Kuro, who's a uh, a very good writer and also director and um he's made some of the best screenplays in Japanese uh, film industry of the contemporary film industry, film film, uh, uh, contemporary film, and um, yes, uh, that's a really really um good film about um about Zainichi, uh, about uh, half half Korean, half Japanese, or or um, uh, Japanese born Koreans, and uh, you know it's it's a big problem here in Japan. Uh, Japan is uh, not so welcoming to uh to to. A lot of cultures, uh, unfortunately, it's quite a closed society. But um, it's it's really um, uh, with Kubotska, who is you've seen you've seen often in Toyota Toshiaki films, uh, right? That was his like start. He was big break, and he's really really good in it. He's a fantastic performance. Um, the film it's it's great too. Uh, it's one of Yukisada's best films, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a classic, and uh, it'll be out uh, sometime in May. I'll probably uh put the I think uh maybe you know in a week or two the um pre-order information will go up
0: amazing i've not seen this before so this is gonna be brand new to me
1: you got you got the check disc uh, coming through next week
0: yes <laughs> amazing um i'm very excited for that one awesome so that's in may um so yeah actually i've got a few ideas for what we can do for the next podcast but i'll uh, i'll run them past you off microphone and okay. uh, see what we can do but yeah unless you have anything else you'd like to
1: to let the fans know um, I will be doing a competition for this. Uh, I'm sure if you've listened to this, you've probably seen that. But um, I got uh, so to sign a couple copies of Punk Samurai when I was, saw him last, and uh, they should be up for competition for this. Awesome. Uh, so, well, you've probably already seen it.
0: <laughs> no, That's amazing. Okay, cool. So make sure you get involved with that. And yeah, thanks for joining us. All right, Adam, you look after yourself, right? Don't uh, work too hard until I speak to you next time. Later. (laughs) Okay, thank you. We'll catch you next time on the Third Window Films podcast. Two flights up by the third
1: window from the right. Two flights up by the third window from the right. The third window from the right two flights up that's the one with the shape pulled down. that's the...